Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to our Monday night Truth and Liberty live cast. I'm Andrew Womack and I'm here with our chief counsel, uh, Richard Harris. And man, we are we are blessed. Amen. We were just talking about how blessed we are. And one of the blessings is that we have Dr. Lance Wallnow with us tonight. Lance is part of our board of directors for Truth and Liberty. And God is just using him. I saw him recently on a thing that he did with Mario Marilla at the Maybe Center. And I tell you, it was powerful. There was thousands and thousands mm -hmm. there. So anyway, we've got some great things to talk about. But before we turn it over to Lance, uh, Richard, we need to share with them. We've got some meetings coming up and yeah. we've also got a giveaway and some things like that. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you everybody for watching. It's going to be a great show tonight. Be sure to uh, text your friends and family. Let them know Lance is on Truth and Liberty. Everybody needs to tune in. Um, if you want to participate tonight, remember this is an interactive process, so you can post your comments and questions in the chat box on our website or on the comment section on Facebook. Be sure to do that. And also, speaking of our website, uh, check out our resources page. New stuff there all the time, uh, including links to uh, last week's guest ministry, Ben Peterson. If you didn't get to see that show, you really need to watch that. It was just totally inspirational. And uh, his ministry is Engage Your Destiny. And uh, he's doing a great event this weekend ministering to Vietnam War veterans. Uh, he said they're dying at the rate of 5,000 a day in America. And uh, we need to reach out and touch those guys. So check that out. Also, Andrew's got a new blog on Truth and Liberty about Roe versus Wade. The end of Roe may be in sight, but there's work to be done. And I agree 100% with that, Andrew. Uh, we're just getting started on that. So check that out. And uh, also some events coming up here. Uh, the, Andrew's going to be ministering at Awakening 2022 in Fayetteville, Georgia, along with Mario Marillo, who we were just talking about, E.W. Jackson, and uh, I believe... Um, uh, some other great ministers, so it's going to be awesome. And then uh, the In God We Trust performance on July 4th, and you hear me say this all the time about that show, but it will remind you why you're thankful to be American. Yeah. I promise you that. Yeah. We have a special heritage. Come out and enjoy that a musical uh, uh, performance. And then the Summer Family Bible Conference, an awesome event. It's all week long, uh, July 5th through the 8th uh, here at uh, the Karis Bible College campus in Woodland Park. It's a time of refreshing and fun and renewal for the whole family, you get full of the word, and it's just a great, a great time. So uh, also, if you're not a subscriber to Truth and Liberty, I encourage you to do that. Do you know, um, we send out stuff uh, continuously that's designed to help you be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Everything from blogs to action alerts and other things. And so just go on our website to the subscribe button and sign up today. When you do, you'll be eligible to receive a free product in the mail. And uh, last week, we gave away Andrew's book 
book, Staying Full of God. And uh, this week, well, let me congratulate Marilyn Taylor. Marilyn, congrats on that. You'll be getting an email about how to claim your, your gift there. And this week we're giving away one of my favorite of Andrew's books, The True Nature of God. And, uh, you know, there are so many people who do not really know God. They think they know God, but they don't know Him based on His Word. And you know, God is love. And uh, anything that's not love is not God. And this book will transform your life. It'll be a new foundation for your relationship with the Lord. So subscribe today and be eligible for that. Also, uh, God is doing awesome stuff through Truth and Liberty. And like we're holding pastor meetings across the state of Colorado, Colorado right now, equipping churches to stand up and uh, get their members involved and take their place in the public square. And these things cost money. And our members are the ones who are making that possible. If you want to be a part and you're not a member, you can be one today. Just go on our donate page, sign up to make an automatic recurring gift of $5 or more per month, and you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. Now, your gift isn't tax deductible, but uh, I believe that God notices and that he will reward you for that. So uh, last thing tonight is uh, Andrew's got an amazing ministry, a prayer ministry here of a room full. And it, I, I wish everybody could see your prayer room, Andrew. The I was just over there just before I came here thanking the people. And man, they were just telling me about some of the things that have happened today on the phones. It's awesome. It's awesome. Thousands of calls every day, right? Yeah, we're about 4,000 today. And uh, people whose lives are getting changed just by someone ministering the word and the spirit to them. And, and God can do it over the phone just as easily as he can in person. So call in today, 719-635-1111, and someone will agree with you in prayer. So again, we're glad that you're with us tonight, and we've got Dr. Lance Wallnow. Lance has been a friend, I think, since uh, I don't even know when we met. Lance is probably, what, 14 or 15, something like that, 2015? Yes. But we were, we were friends right away. That's the important thing. Well, yeah, and, and the thing that amazes me is that he just uses a different part of his brain, I yes. think, than I do or something. Or either maybe it's just a calling that God's placed on his life. But he has a way of seeing things that most people just don't see, and it's, mm -hmm. we need it. So Absolutely. you're a real blessing. Sometimes that's a blessing. Sometimes it's a curse to see everything different than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I remember when we met, you know, it was, uh, it was funny to me because Paul Milligan, who was at that time your CEO, and, mm -hmm. and Billy Epperhart, uh, who was one of your key board members, those guys brought me in, but they were all nervous because they really thought, thought they believe in what I was saying, but then they thought, yeah, I wonder what Andrew's going to think. So while I'm up there talking, you know, seven mouths, this and that, they keep on looking over at you, <laughs> check it out, and you're just stone cold staring at them, taking it all in. And when it was all over, Billy asked you, well, what'd you think? And you said, well, he's different, but I like him. <laughs> yeah. And I got the thumbs up from everybody. He says he likes it. <laughs> I remember when Billy first had you at his Wealth Builders, Thing, oh, and he gosh. and you walked in in tight leather pants and I forgot well, what else no, and he just tight leather. No, it he wasn't just tight was leather like what have I invited into my place but <laughs> uh, once he heard no, you speak he no, loved no, no. it. What <laughs> happened? Well, this will be an unusual broad. This will be a different broadcast. You watch your ratings tonight. See what happens. What happened was Billy says I'm talking to a group of businessmen at a Colorado hotel where it's going to be casual, business casual. I'm thinking I'm going to talk to businessmen at a Colorado hotel. And I check and there's snow. And so I came from Rhode Island up in Boston, where winters are really aggressive. 
And I remember George Fox, the old Quaker, had a pair of leather breeches. And I told my wife, I'll bet you those leather pants those old Protestant reformers wore were warm. So she got me a pair oh of my. black pants. <laughs> now, I've got this closet, and I'm thinking, I'm a businessman. I see fire pits around here. There's snow falling. It's Billy. It's business. I just think maybe I'll slip these old leather pants on. <laughs> well, I go in there, and it's all these conservative-looking Karis people, you know, like clean-cut conservative Republican spirit-filled Americans. And I said, there's not one rowdy-looking businessman in this whole group that looks like a Republican uh, conference here. And sure enough, they all stared at my pants when I walked in. I said, I think I did a calculation on a tire for this group. Paul well, you know what? You, you got their attention, didn't you? <laughs> you had everybody wanting to hear what this guy had to say. I'll tell you, that's why probably George Fox wore them with the Quakers. People wanted to know what that eccentric pre preacher had to say. I just wonder, did we video this one? The, uh, the, no, I don't think that one was video. <laughs> but I've heard about no, it. No, listen, listen, it gets even weirder, weirder, Andrew. I, at that point in time, I didn't have enough sense to know that talking about Donald Trump was controversial. So Donald Trump's still running. He just announced his candidacy. And on top of wearing leather pants, my whole message is, I believe God's raising up Donald Trump prophetically as a disruption of the establishment in America. And this man is going to be a holy disruption. And at that time, he was still running against 10 other candidates. Yeah. So I was doubling down on being eccentric. Well, I remember when I first heard you prophesy mm -hmm. that he was going to be president, I thought, wow, yes, have sir. you gone out on a limb? Because, <laughs> yes. because, you know, we had Ben Carson and Ted who Cruz? else? Ted Cruz, Ted uh, Cruz. Governor of Huckabee. We had a number Governor of Huckabee. really turned on uh, mature Marco Christians. Marco Rubio. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll jump in here and say that before the show, my wife and I were talking earlier this afternoon. We remember, we remember just after the tapes came out of Donald Trump and the woman and all that sort of thing. And there we see Lance coming up on Facebook oh. from the Jerusalem Hotel <laughs> saying, Donald Trump, I'm telling you, he's going to win. He's going to be like Osiris. And I thought, my and goodness, this, what courage that takes. And this was right when that thing about uh, the sexual deal had exploded just yep. about oh, a couple gosh. of weeks before mm -hmm. the election. And I thought, well, that's going to shoot him down. But yep. it but was. He, he stuck let me to tell guns. you something. I, I, was, I was in Israel. What's worse is I just put the, a book out. So I only wrote two books. Men like Andrew. Andrew, I got a whole bookshelf of Andrew books. I only got two. And unfortunately, they both have a shelf life. They're on Donald Trump and what God's doing. <laughs> and I just released the book a week earlier. I arrive in Israel, and, the, and this bombshell comes out while I'm in Israel, and I'm meeting with dignitaries at the Mount Zion Hotel. And I said to someone, I grabbed the phone, I said, well, how bad is it? And he said, <laughs> It's bad. <laughs> and it said, well, send me the manuscript. So I'm reading the manuscript. I said, oi, they, my whole life. I saw my life pass before my eyes. I said, how could I have been so deceived? I have ruined myself. I got deceived by the devil. That was the only thing I could think of. So I went up to my room to go pray. I told him, we need a 15-minute break. I can't teach. I got I to gotta figure out what I got to do. I'm in Israel. And I thought... I'll go on and do damage control. It's like a product recall. Like if Toyotas come out and they're flawed, <laughs> I'm just going to go up and do a recall to get my 2,000. I only had 2,000 books sold back then. I said, I'll just do a product kind of recall. 
But the more I talked live, the more I was digging a hole for myself because I kept on getting emphatic about how I felt God was humbling Donald Trump <laughs> before his promotion and that this would be a circumcision that was necessary for the promotion that God had. That was, that was what I said. After I got done, I thought, well, maybe that'll help my 2,000 people. But somebody started sharing it and over the next hour, it went to 2 million people. Wow. So now more books were getting sold and I was even more of a bad, a false prophet. <laughs> so there's no way I could hide. But you know what happened? It turned out it wasn't a false prophecy. That's and right. boy, your worth in the marketplace Hallelujah. went through the roof. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise well, you know, honestly, let me ask you a question, Andrew. Hey, this I, is, thought, this is a I thought we question. were interviewing you. I know, I know, I know. All but right. people are interviewing me all the time. I'm curious about what you think about something. Now, I, I, have, a, I have a challenge because, like, do you think prophets are all are hearing from God all the time? Because for me, I'm not, when I hear from the Lord, I hear, so it's big, I hear it, and I run with it, and usually it's, it's, a, it's an important message for a period, and then, then I'm back with the Lord and with the Bible, and God's not talking to me every day. I can't do a, a prophetic broadcast every day and what God's saying. And, I, and, and so someone was asking me about, about that, question like how come you don't prophesy all the time like other prophets i said well maybe i'm not a prophet maybe i'm just a prophet when god talks to me or maybe i'm only prophesying when god talks to me and there's a lot of prophets prophesying all the time but they may not be prophesying something from heaven it's mm -hmm. th that's the only conclusion I've got because I can't come up with a daily prophecy. Well, you know, the Bible says the word of the Lord came and said, and so you have to wait on the word of the Lord to come. You look at Elijah and he prophesied in the 17th chapter, and then it was three and a half years later before his next prophecy came and he called Ahab and all of the people together. So no, I mean, you only hear from the Lord a, few, a handful of times that are significant that change everything. People that prophesy every day and stuff, I think a lot of that is them, not God. Well, that, that just, I'm serious. That thought just came to me this week. And since we're a live broadcast, I thought I'd share it. I had somebody who was talking to me about the gifts of the different gifts they talk about, like, um, you know, redemptive gifts, they call them Romans, like there's mercy and ruler and giver. And, and like I was with a giver today and he just loves, he lights up writing checks. So he hears your name and he wants to send a check. And people should know that, you know, if you've got, if God's called you to financial increase, you're going to be a pipeline writing checks a lot. You're going to be sewing. So this guy just sends me a check for Andrews to get this over to Andrews ministry. I thought, that man's really got a redemptive gift of giving. I mean, he's always looking for places to plant seed, and he's got money. I mean, he's living proof that, that it works. Amen. But I was thinking about this. This this guy says to me, he says, there's this exhorter gift, and the exhorter gift, mm. or the exhorter, not a gift, it's like listed, you know, Paul lists these, these, yeah. these, whatever you want to call them. They call them redemptive gifts, servant, mercy, luraler, yeah. prophet, prophesy according to it. He says exhorter. He said a lot of exhorters, he says they can just get one little idea from heaven and they could they could deliver it almost in, in like a motivational message in a sermon. He says, but the danger is if they're not waiting on God and seeking God, there's a lot of wood, hay, and stubble and not a lot of depth. Mm -hmm. But you don't know it because they're gifted. And I started thinking about that and I thought, 
well, you know what? That could be me if I wasn't careful, because I could talk. I mean, I was talking before I got saved. I made a living talking when I was getting saved, and I, then, then I was then, then, but I didn't have anything to say till I got mm. into the Word. Is the point? And I'm I'm thinking, you know, there's a lot of people that are empty talkers. The Bible says, and people don't know it's empty, because it takes a little discerning to know whether there's real truth in there or not. But I, I do believe that there's a famine of the Word of God. And mm -hmm. I think God's not prophesying as much as people think He is. A lot of exhorters are prophesying. And that the body of Christ isn't a whole lot stronger because they're not really getting the Word. What do you think about that? Well, I don't doubt whatsoever that you have the gift of prophecy. I mean, you've proven it. But you are an exhorter. That is one of your dominant gifts. And uh, a good friend of mine that I was really close to for decades, Dave Duell, he was an exhorter. Like he would take the verse out of Hebrews chapter 2 where it says, Wherefore, Jesus also. And he said, Jesus is also. And he preached for an hour and a half on that, just exhorting people. And he said that my favorite scripture is it came to pass. And he says that's why it came, so it could pass. And he made an entire message oh out of it. Oh, my goodness. I just named this pass that I walk over. I just named it, It Came to Pass, Elevation 8930, and that's the reason it came, was so it could pass. I put a marker up there. So anyway, that's an <laughs> exhortation gift, but did you know he told me, Lance, that uh, he used to just take little tiny things like that and exhort because he didn't know the Word. And as we were together and he began to start learning the Word, I mean, he got to where he was powerful and he started using the Word to exhort. And I think what you're saying is exactly true, that a person with an exhorting gift, a gift to be able to communicate, they could communicate nearly anything and get people excited, but in the long run, they could do damage if it's just their own word and if it's not a word from God. So the Word of well, God I, I, fits I, into every gift. You need to control it. How many Christians over the last five years have been listening to all these so-called prophets and getting all keyed up about the next so-called event, and then it doesn't happen, and they're all deflated, you know, and discouraged. So I think you're definitely onto something, Lance. We need discernment. Well, I think I am, but here, here's the problem, though. So if you are genuinely a prophet or have a gift, and you're waiting upon the Lord for what He's saying, then, um, but you're not prophesying all the time, then, then. You really, you have to overcome the anxiety that that you're you're not meeting the expectation people have. I, you know, I used to prophesy a lot more in meetings because I would I'd, I'd get a word. I was asking Mario Marillo, for instance, how does he minister when he's in the tent meetings? Because I've seen a uh, word of knowledge, and he'll he'll point to people he doesn't know, and he'll start to prophesy two or three conditions they have. I mean, if it's one, it's a good lucky, you know, guess. But if you go into details, you're really getting into the situation. You know, you had a hip accident, you had a sports accident, and, is your, and you also have your left knee, blah, blah. So he gives two or three things, and they're getting healed there. And I watched this. So I said to him, I said, now, Mario, I'm always fascinated in how people move in the gifts. Would you tell me, how do you do that? What's happening? And he said to me, he said, well, he's, while he's preaching, someone's face will stand out to him. And then the compassion will come up in him, mm -hmm. and he'll notice them again and again, and he'll be drawn to them by the compassion. And once he starts to minister to them, the Lord gives him more and more. Once he steps out in faith, yep. he gets the rest of the story. And I've he said, got it. In very, 
it'll be a miracle that'll be happening. Well, I got so so jazzed by that because that's a real gift operating in a real story. And I'm hungry to see the real thing happen in the body of Christ, where we re really want to see people moving by the supernatural, by the spirit. And uh, Andrew, I was wondering, like with you, what do you? How do you get a sense of what God's going to be doing in healing? Do you get a do you get a certain focus in a night on one particular thing God's going to do? Well, I just got through with a meeting in Washington D.C., and I bet you Saturday, this last Saturday, I probably called out 50 healings, and we had, you know, I didn't ask every person, did you manifest a healing? But there was dozens and dozens that had already manifested the healing. But I've got a teaching on this, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and uh, God is love, 1 John 4, 8 and 16. And anytime you feel love or compassion flowing out of you, that's God. And so uh, you can follow that compassion. And that's what you were saying about Mario. And, you know, one of my examples is when I was pastoring in Pritchett, Colorado, I had a woman and her husband come. I'd never seen them before. And I just, as I was ministering, I was just drawn towards this lady. And I just felt compassion going out. And so at the end of the service, I called her up and I had nothing to say to her, nothing. But I could feel this compassion and I knew that God is love. So if I could feel compassion, that meant God was ministering to her. And I called her up and it's a long story. But anyway, I kept saying that you've lost someone, you've been grieving, but it's not God, it's the destroyer. And I kept using this term destroyer. It's the destroyer that did it. And it turned out uh, after the service, she told me that her son had died of leukemia. And right before he died, they believed that God put leukemia on him. And so they were submitted to it thinking it was God's will. But right before he died, he was driving into their little town and he saw this huge black demon that was over their little town that was like a thousand feet tall. And he says, what is that? And he said, it's the destroyer. And it's the destroyer that's trying to kill you. And they blew it off because it didn't fit their theology. And here I was through a gift of the Spirit about two months after he died telling her it wasn't God, it was the destroyer. And it set her free. And all of that happened wow. just because you felt compassion, not because you had necessarily a word. I just put myself on the spot and started talking and that's what came out. So this is how, you how know, anytime beautiful. you feel love, that's God. And uh, you have to have a little bit of discernment to know God's kind of love versus lust or, you know, pity or something like that. Yeah, I know. I always got a burden for the prettiest girl on campus at college. <laughs> and then some guys pointed out that my evangelism burden was slightly in the flesh. <laughs> well, we, we've got a direction I wasn't thinking yeah, we were going to go here So tell us, tell us what's going on. You're, you're plugged in with our culture and what's happening and all of oh, the Roe yes. versus Wade. What's, what's going on here? Oh, I'll tell you what. Well, you know, it's interesting uh, you're asking that because uh, we've got close to, I don't know, I'm aiming for a million. We've got about 750,000 downloads a month, Andrew, and I'm just trying to I mean, when Rush Limbaugh died, I mean, I love listening to Rush because Rush was a steady Eddie. He was never, um, there's a guy that's had an exert, a gift or something, but he always said something substantial and gave you hope. And he always said he was the mayor of Realville. And when he died, I felt like 
Well, I'll, I'll let me fill in the void, at least for Pentecostals, and I'm going to be the mayor of Realville. I believe the Word of God. I believe God's doing something. I'm going to stick with the Word. But I'll go into those current events, and I'll expose what the devil's doing, because I don't think it's just flesh and blood. I think the devil's at work. And so we're actually, you know, we're up to, we got a million or so downloads a month from various sources, but uh, I still haven't figured out what we're doing yet because I'm trying to get out of the news cycle into the word cycle, and, and God will show me how to pull that off, but um, it, it'll, it'll happen. But right now, what we're seeing is uh, an interesting moment take place because the uh, China and Russia would be the natural ones to gain from America's seeming self-sabotage. I don't know if you saw this very controversial message that just came out from the president of El Salvador, but this is the president of another country said this today in a tweet, the most powerful country in the world is falling so fast, it makes you rethink what are the real reasons Something so big and powerful can't be destroyed so quickly unless the enemy comes from within. Very good. What he's saying is there's people in the American government that are doing damage to America, and they know what they're doing, and it's on purpose. And he's the president of a foreign country saying, what is happening to the powerful nation, the United States? And, you know, I've got friends of mine in other countries that are telling me they're praying when we came out of Afghanistan, the disastrous way we did, leaving the Taliban with $80 billion of equipment, they started praying for America. They realized America's got a problem. So yeah. It's almost like a sabotage is taking place. You know, Lincoln so, prophesied all of that. He said all of the combined forces of all foreign countries couldn't take one drink from the Mississippi River. He says if America ever dies, it'll have to be by suicide. Mm. My brother, my brother, those words, I think about them all the time, suicide. Well, here's the encouraging news. So here's the encouraging part. This would be my Pentecostal rush take on this to give us hope. God in his sovereignty is causing America to experience the full, well, a measure, not even full, but a measure of the misery that comes when bad ideas are empowered and good ideas are dishonored. And so we're like the prodigal waking up with the pigsty and looking at our cities, looking at Disney, yeah. looking at our children, looking at media, and we're saying, my God, we're, a lot of America's coming to its, its senses right now. So that's happening. But while it's happening, Russia and China uh, have both committed acts of strange self-inflicted wounds you would the real winners are the are the competitors that are out there you would think china if they just stayed quiet they'd be watching us go like this and destroy our economy and china would continue going up but what china did is very strange they looked at their covid cases and decided they were going to make a statement to the world about the power of china to have zero COVID cases, and they started locking down Mm -hmm. major cities like Shanghai, locking down 20 million, 30 million people at a time. The obvious outcome of that is it's destroying their capital production, their own supply chain, and where they were supposed to be having a period of unprecedented growth while America went down, They've actually shot themselves in the foot, and now yeah. they're now they're experiencing the reverse of that mm. economically. Sources are telling me they're in real trouble economically. And I looked at that and I thought, 
Thank you, Jesus. I mean, we're really vulnerable right now because we're in a tough place in America. And then what does Putin do? His number two advisor tells him that if he goes into Ukraine, he, there's a high probability he will be heralded as a hero because Ukraine is the fourth most corrupt country in the world. And the Donbass region does have evidence of ethnic genocide from Ukrainians against Russian citizens. You don't hear that in the West, but that's the other side of the story. So Putin was told that they'll love the fact that you step in. Well, they didn't love the fact that he stepped in. It was a major miscalculation. And it showed the world that the Russian army, which was which we thought was an advanced blitzkrieg-like strength, like uh, like Germany had, it got itself bogged down yeah. and it got itself stuck, and then it had to kind of roll its way back and carve off territory. The point is, it showed that it's still a nuclear danger, but a paper tiger in terms of direct military threat. Russia and China have, by the sovereignty of God, both made decisions, quite not because of our wisdom or our intelligence in America, but because of their own arrogance and hubris. God proved he's the ruler of nations, and he can move in a nation any way he wants to. And in a sense, you could say, He's humbling the nations, and he's creating a reset of his own, while in Davos, they're right now looking with Klaus Schwab in order to have a new reset and this new economic power. Putin's one gift is he put a nail right in the tire of mm. the World Economic Forum, Davos, European agenda, because when he went to war with Ukraine, he set back the ambition of, East, of Europe to create their one-world governing economic WHO, all the stuff that's happening now with American sovereignty, this was all planned two mm -hmm. years ago. I wrote about it in this book. It's, it's the book's so sophisticated, it's almost not a, it's not a good book. But I wrote about the digital passport and the global, um, and the passport for your health, that you're gonna have to have digital, and, and at some point in time, they'll try to put it in your body. But you know what? That's all been set back, Andrew, because Russia put such a jolt into Europe with the with the unexpected invasion of Ukraine, he stalled himself, and he stalled Europe's agenda for a one-world order, and China stalled itself, while America is, is beating itself up. So God's the sovereign ruler of nations, people. Just continue to rejoice in the fact that the devil can't move faster than God himself <laughs> will allow, mm. and the church is still in the driver's seat as we pray. See, that's what I was saying, Lance. You just have a different mm -hmm. take on things than most people. Most people are just talking about the tailspin that America is in, and they don't put it into the world context. And I think that's very appropriate, what you said. Did you hear that uh, Biden actually went into the hospital today? No, no, I didn't hear that. Well, yeah, he, he couldn't stop Putin. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you I just, see, I just couldn't leave that alone. <laughs> I can't believe I, I can't believe I fell for that. I, I can't believe Where do we I go fell from here. For it. Time for a commercial break. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, it's uh, nowhere but up from here. Isn't it? Wow. <laughs> but no, I agree. And you know, when people say that China is this second world, the world's second largest. Uh, economy, that's true, but I saw a statistic that the U.S. economy is 20 times larger than China's. So yes, it's the second largest economy, but it's still not even comparable. 
And when they go to locking down their own people and shutting down their economy, they won't be able to handle it as well as America has handled it. And we know how it's affected us. So it's really a significant thing that they've done. No, and, and we're really, you know, what, uh, the, what President Biden has done foolishly is he's put, um, he's put uh, us into a position where India is having to work with China and Russia, where they really weren't. Modi was, he loved Trump. He loved Trump. Trump was, Trump just, even the liberals, like Bill Maher, even liberals like um, some of the CNN uh, nutjobs, they, they admit that if Trump was in office, the likelihood of Saudi Arabia not returning a phone call wouldn't exist. Yeah. You, you, wouldn't have, uh, you wouldn't have the energy debacle we've got. Yeah. And uh, you wouldn't have China doing its, uh, trying to go to Taiwan, and Putin wouldn't have tried to go to the Ukraine. And you, you know wouldn't have Trump the open said? borders. Yeah. Oh, no, you wouldn't have the... There's a lot of stuff you would have. But you know what Donald Trump said that most people miss? He Listen, this is a fact. He said this. I heard him say it. He said he told Vladimir Putin, he said, if you, if you decide that you're going to go to war in Europe and start invading countries like Ukraine, I will... Um, I will... Uh, attack with a nuclear device in Moscow. Wow. He said it to him, I'm going to go nuclear wow. in Moscow. He told him in private, that's what I'll do. And so the interviewer was shocked and they said, what did he say? He said, well, he just looked at me. He said, because you see, here's what you got to know about dealing with guys like Putin. This is like the genius of Trump and guys like, uh, you know, Kim Jong-un. He doesn't have to believe you 100%. He just has to believe you 10%, and it'll make him stop. Wow. He said, that's what I know about these guys. All I got to do is put a reasonable doubt that I'm capable of it. And even if he's 90% convinced he'll never do it, that 10% will bother him. <laughs> that's, wow. a, that's a great point. That and, you know, so Trump, cool. he, he did play hardball with these people. And Kim Jong-un, you know, when uh, Trump first came in office, he was shooting missiles everywhere and doing things. And, I mean, Trump shut him Come down. On. Yeah. The Taliban, he met with the, he talked to the Taliban. He said, if I do a draw drain down and I bring our troops out, I'm going to tell you right now, you touch one person, you embarrass me with one incident, I know where you are. I will specifically bomb you. Yeah. And so he just told him, I know where you are and I'll bomb you. If you if you hit one said he basically and he said they said they were he said, these guys are killers. They said blah, 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 blah. They, they barked, but they understood. They under they negotiated. Sure. Well they he understand. Was like a, he was that. like one of those Afghan warlords. He made his point. Yeah. Mm. And so Biden, he says, if you do anything, I'll give you eighty billion dollars worth of military equipment. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Joe. Hey, did you hear what he said today? I mean, I mean, I, I pray that he stays healthy because I don't want Harris. I want him to keep doing what he's doing. Listen to what he said today. Joe Biden, this is Gateway Pundit. Joe Biden, when it comes to gas prices, you won't believe what he admitted. Listen to this. When it comes to gas prices, we're going through incredible transition. God willing, we'll be less reliant on fossil fuels when we come out of this. You hear what he just revealed? Yep. He's yeah. saying, yes, we shut down energy. Yes, you're paying four, five, six dollars for gas. But God willing, the benefit is our environmentalists 
will be right and we will be less dependent on fossil fuels and using more electric and solar as a result of this pain. In other words, it's a calculated misery yeah. in order to appease the environmentalist wacko objectives. Absolutely. He's admitting it. Yeah. And, you know, this uh, conference that's going on in Europe that Russia wasn't invited to this year, I heard today that John Kerry is going to be speaking specifically on climate change. Mm. And so here's a U.S. Oh, of course. He's the climate czar. He's the bizarre czar of But climate. I really believe that climate change and now you can add to it all of the pandemic stuff. They're using these things as leverage to be able to go in and inflict misery and gain control. That's it. It'd be one thing if we were tinfoil hat, neurotic conspiracy people, but I've got the video clips of Yuri Hazani, of Klaus Schwab, of the World Economic Forum leaders saying we must use COVID and these opportunities in yeah. order to advance the agenda we have for a global economic system. In other words, we have to use the COVID opportunity to our advantage. Never before, and I listen, this is what they said. I'm actually thinking, you know, I got the seven mountains and I'm actually going to do one more book, on, one book on, I never did a book originally, one more book, but I'm going to do a book on it because I'm going to change it, Andrew. I believe that the seven mountains idea, which is the church, religion mountain, then family, education, government, media, entertainment, and business. Each of those verticals indeed has its own culture, its own power, its own influence on the mind of a nation. But I'm going to combine media and entertainment because I don't really think we have media anymore. We don't have news. We have persuasion journalism. Mm -hmm. And I admit it, whether it's Tucker Carlson or CNN, I'm not looking for objective news. I'm looking for a perspective. And I've chosen whose perspective I agree with. So I'm going to combine media and entertainment because there's another mountain that I believe now is on the scene, and it's the mountain of science, falsely so-called. It's the mountain of technology and medicine. And I'm, I'm going there because I listened to the World Economic Forum, the Davos guys, and here's what they said. You know science is no longer sitting in the back of the bus when it can shut down your church your mosque and your synagogue. Science is now more powerful than religion. That's what they said at Davos. Wow. So when I heard that, I said, all right, I'll give you your mountain. Now that means we're gonna have to pray and occupy that area also. We're gonna have to move into technology and science and challenge fake science with real data. And, and fake medicine that's, that's um, being manipulated by governments to shut us down, we're going to have to have the real truth. Do you know that, 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 that President Modi in India, Andrew, this is a fact, that these nuts were expecting 100 to 200 million Indians, like a, like a billion people there, to die of COVID. They were persuading him to not use ivermectin. He overruled the World uh, Health Organization, the WHO that they want us to all submit to. He overruled them. And he mass produced and ingested ivermectin, uh, the malaria pill, mm -hmm. and saved 100 million Indians from death. Yeah. So, uh, so I say the mountain 
of science and technology, which is where medicine is now parked, needs to, needs to be recognized as a destroying mountain. If we don't manage it, they'll use it to control us. And you know, I believe that science, as you've been pointing out, has been hijacked on this climate change. I was in Washington, D.C., and they set records last week for high temperatures. But as they were talking about that, this is the highest temperature and the highest three days since, and they'd go back to 1930, 1940, before all of the emissions, there was no restrictions on anything, and yet it was hotter back then. And so to me, they prove their own, I mean, disprove their own case that this is a cycle of things that happened. There wasn't any environmental things going on back then, and yet we're just now hitting some of those uh, highs that they hit back 50 years ago. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I listened to Jordan Peterson this week, and he said one of the uh, amazing underreported realities about the environment is that the earth has more green land mass now than at any time mm -hmm. in photograph or recorded history. He said how much? The equivalent of the United States in terms of aggregate square footage of green that didn't exist before that exists now. Wow. Then on top of that, you have two years of shutting down industry in a forced sabbatical of carbon dioxide so that it be like the most draconian environmentalist mandate, shut everything down for two years. We did it. So the earth has had this remarkable opportunity to revitalize itself. And they're still screaming like banshees because of climate. Yeah. It's irrational. And I had a good friend. He was my best friend when I was in school and he worked for the forestry service. And he told me that the United States has two and a half times as many trees in the United States now as when the pilgrims came over. Wow. You know, if you just look at old photographs of this region where we oh, are, yeah. there's way more trees and forests than there were It was then. nearly a desert, and they started planting trees in Colorado Springs, and General Palmer, who founded Colorado Springs, uh, they said they can't grow in Colorado Springs, and now we got, I don't know, tens of oh, thousands, yeah, thousands, hundreds of, of thousands of trees. But, but I want to point out that behind Richard, behind Richard Harris, it's one of the most impressive fireplace displays that I've seen on television. And, and Richard, I've got- He's on most, fire. I've got the humblest, I've got two <laughs> sticks. It looks like a Bic lighter in mine. I don't even use it anymore. There's no drama in my fire. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Behind Richard, that's a fireplace, people. Well, we, it, we go chop the, the wood, wood outside and, you know, light the fire before every show. You know, the contrast in fireplaces just basically says it all about the difference. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> all right, we need to take some questions here. We're down to the last 15 minutes. Wow, you guys have stirred up a lot of uh, questions and interest here. So here we go. Here's the first one. JC on YouTube wants to know, how can a divided government and their citizen relationship stand and not collapse? I feel like the U.S. government will implode eventually. Uh, any thoughts on that, Lance? Oh, quite the contrary, my friend. I believe that in this midterm election, if all things go as they are progressing, the Democratic Party uh, as, a, as a political party will, will be virtually destroyed for maybe as many as six years, Amen. seven years. So Understand that what's happening now, even they are looking at it like it's apocalyptic. 
the, um, the American people at the grassroots level have been engaged. That's dangerous. They've made a big mm. miscalculation by going woke with the school system, critical race theory, and uh, drag queen hour, and by, by, the, um, by the Department of Homeland Security, et cetera, targeting parents as potential FBI threats and terrorists, they really stirred up the one category of Democratic that you never want to stir up, and that's the urban female. The, it's the urban females who they, they, that's been the backbone of the backlash against Trump. And now they've made that the, the moms of these kids now is adversarial with the Democratic Party. That's what I mean. It's like God himself is allowing these people to make decisions that are self-destructive. It's a form of judgment in a way. Bad decision-making is a form of judgment. So that means hmm. that they're going to have the, the moms and dads voting against them in places they hadn't expected. They're going to have it hitting them everywhere except for the most concentrated pockets of liberal corruption, which would be like the swing state cities. You know, you've seen that. You're going to see a sweeping of the board. So, Richard, the, whoever wrote that is not paying attention. It's okay if they don't, but they got to listen now. At every level of government, you're going to see a wrenching out of establishment Democrats. Now, the problem is we have to move then against the Republicans because those Republicans that are funding $40 billion to Ukraine, that refuse to address the problem on the border, those guys, those cats are in our party. They're going to have to be targeted next. So it's kind of like a Napoleonic campaign. The spirit of God has got to get us to hit and move out the dangerous demonic left and then pivot to the uh, equally dangerous but uh, less conspicuous Republicans who, um, who will allow America to go into debt and destroy itself. And it's going to be a job, but, yeah. but it's winnable. It's doable. Mm -hmm. And Lance, you were with me in Oklahoma City March the 5th, 2021, when the Lord spoke to me and said that we are in the third great awakening. And I really believe that that's happening. It's not obvious to the people who watch the mainstream media, but I believe it's happening and it will surface. And I believe the best days of the United States are still ahead. Mm. Amen. I believe it entirely. And by the way, David Barton, who, uh, who's, a, who's a regular with you guys and, and, and a part of your you know, um, organization in some ways, um, with Truth and Liberty, the, David Barton is the one who enlightened me to the fact that historians really don't know mm -hmm. when the awakening happens, when it's happening. Yep. They set the dates after it happened. So they might turn around and say, well, 1776 was the turning point. Well, you don't know that in 1776. You just think you got one lucky break. Um, but what's happening now is I believe that the awakening started and what's, it's beginning as a rude awakening, resulting in a civic awakening. But what Mario and I are finding is if we have the arenas and the, and the, and the tent meetings and we do our job, 25% of the people that come out will respond to the gospel for first-time decisions for Christ. We're not getting Christians coming out. We're getting concerned Americans, and a quarter of that harvest is willing to come to Christ. This could be the biggest harvest we've ever seen in America. Amen. Amen. Praise oh, God. It. Praise God. That's awesome. You know, uh, the other thing David Barton says is that those revivals, those the, when we think of revival, we think of like a little, you know, tent meeting thing. But these re these renewals took decades uh, to take place. So, um, this and there was also a lot of opposition. A lot of it opposition. wasn't like everybody bought into it. There was tremendous opposition. First Great Awakening results in the American.
American Revolution, the second in the Civil War. Yeah. So that, that conflict goes with it. Well, this uh, next person, Lance, uh, wants to know your thoughts about the monkeypox. And I think we touched on that earlier, but is there something more to this than just another uh, uh, scare or what's going on with that? The monkeypox is the byproduct of monkey business. <laughs> and monkey business is what's going on right now. These guys are so desperate. What, what strikes me as strange is uh, they can't they can't even suppress their glee. They're almost I don't know if you ever had this. Remember when you were a kid and, and when a tooth was loose, how you know you didn't quite pull it yet, but you kind of be distracted, you'd be sucking on that tooth and pull, pushing on it. It's a weird thing when when you have a loose that's the way the news is. They're so longing for a disaster to talk about hmm. that they'll take anything and keep working it until they can get the thing to the point of an actual problem. So what you're looking at there is like the climate story. News is desperate for another traumatizing headline. And the left, by the way, loves monkeypox hmm. because monkeypox allows them to get back into business to control the flow of traffic. Leftists love power and control. And so epidemics and pandemics are built for elites that want to control other people's lives. And so uh, I, I think the American disposition is so suspicious and defiant of forced irrational um, shutdowns and restrictions it's going to be hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube now that we're finally out. You know, I was just reading a statement today by Stacey Abrams, who's running for governor in uh, Georgia, and she said that Georgia is the worst place to live, the exact opposite of what Kemp was saying. And one of the statements that she made was that they aren't even taking care of people. They, it's their business to take care of people. And boy, people exploded that that really, in a sense, shows the difference between a liberal and conservative. A liberal believes that it's the government's business right. to make everybody uh, control their life. And, and uh, conservatives believe if you'd leave us alone, we could control our own life. That's right. Good difference. Well, you know, uh, I, I was shocked to see that this is, this might maybe is just a cultural moment here for Truth and Liberty, but are you aware of the fact, Andrew, that the, the writers of Star Trek put Stacey Abrams in their story for their uh, movie, and she is the president of planet Earth. I just want you to know that the writers of Star Trek in Hollywood want Stacey Abrams to be the ruler of, can you imagine that woman as the ruler of planet Earth? If that wouldn't be a situation comedy, if I ever saw one. But that's, Now is this that's, a President Biden went in the hospital deal? Is this a joke? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> no, they did. They, 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 I watched an episode. It was shocking. I thought, oh, my gosh. But that's the infatuation of, of liberals in Hollywood with liberals in, in Capitol Hill. Oh, wow. It's the romance of the liberals. Well, here's another one. Now, this one should be interesting. Uh, Lori on Facebook wants to know uh, what you think about Elon Musk becoming a conservative. Oh, I think... You know, I, I have a disagreement with Clay Clark over this. We don't, we don't, uh, we're, we're great, we're friends, but we have disagreements. That, that, you know, I say that when it comes to the guys like Trump or Elon Musk, I'll take every unsavory character the devil has in his trophy uh, shelf 
and I'll grab him for the kingdom any day of the week. Elon's moving in the right direction. Quit picking on Elon, everybody. Hey, man. Yeah, he's got idea about putting a space device in your head and uplinking to a to a, you know, to a satellite the guy's our modern edison he's another genius but here's the fun thing the left is making people so miserable that even elon musk is saying he voted democrat every year of his life till now because the democrats are plain full of hate and division they they've never seen a criminal act they won't exploit to make people angry over race whether it's factual or not, and he's fed up with it, and he knows they're going to attack him because he said, I'm voting Republican from now on. And uh, the truth is, he saw free speech. He's challenging Twitter. God's using him to expose the yeah. fact that maybe 20, 25 percent of the traffic in Twitter is fake. It's not even real. People think the devil has been lying to us in America. Rush Limbaugh mm -hmm. used to say this. He said, I believe that the left is actually much smaller than you think it is. Absolutely. But its, but its size is in its funded, aggressive <clears throat> organization and where it shows up. But it's not as big as you think it is, because when he would be hit with advertisers leaving him because of negative responses, he uncovered 12 people in a boiler room who were sounding like five million angry consumers trying to make people stop advertising on his show. He had to do research to expose it was 12 people. Yeah. And so I really believe the left isn't as big as we think it is, but the fact that they're organized and funded gives them an oversized big mouth. Well, you know, I've heard statistics that homosexuals are less than 2% of the U.S. population. They'll claim 10 or 12% which is way inflated, but then they have like 50% of the publicity and stuff like this. They have a disproportional influence because of the very things that you're stating. It's a fact, and, and it's, it's not just her. I mean, I've heard 4%, 3.5%, 4% maximum, um, and, that's, and that's, that's, very, that's good data, except for the fact that they're now, they're now evangelizing youth. So when you go right. down generationally, it's not only tolerance. Has, you know, anytime they talk about transgender tolerance, that's a lie. That what they're really doing is transgender marketing promotion. We yeah. didn't even get into the story tonight about how Disney is introducing a whole product line of apparel and toys that are all promoting lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer, and transgender um, activity and identity. And the result of that is their stock price has taken a hit. And, uh, and I predict now that the, now when, when Roe v. Wade comes through, and it's going to come through soon, I predict that Uber and all these, all these self-righteous, pompous Wall Street corporations with their woke HR departments that'll say that they'll pay for a woman to go get her abortion ninth month or whatever, I predict that in a free market economy, they're all shooting themselves in the foot. Imagine if there was an app and an Uber competitor showed up that was a Patriot, you know, uh, taxi service, and you had a choice between using Uber or this other one because Uber has made it a position that they're going to transport for free women for abortions. I'll bet you that there's 100 million Americans that'll make instant multimillionaires out of innovative entrepreneurs that say, well, heck, 
I'm not into that. I'm just going to be uh, someone who will provide a ride, and I'm not going to fund abortion. How's that? Those businesses are going to scale and take over the economy. The devil will not win on this one. Yeah, we just saw in the headlines that Netflix uh, has terminated a bunch of their woke stuff, a bunch of their LGBT initiatives and everything else. I think you're on to something there. Awesome. All right, we got time for and one I'll, more. I'll, I'll tell you oh. how they do it. Let, let me tell you how they do it. I know we got two minutes left, so it's always fun when we got more, more to talk about than time we have. But listen, here's where we really were asleep at the switch. It says, I guess, in Matthew 24, 25, that uh, the tares, the enemy, while men slept, the enemy came and planted tares among the wheat. Let me tell you, while Christians sleep, the devil is awake doing stuff. You got to keep your eyes on him. What happened is the universities became more aggressive about proselytizing. And the HR departments are being populated by university graduates who are LGBTQ promoters. So they're hiring disproportionately liberals and progressives and LGBTQ advocates. So the corporations have an unusual problem. They have a sedition in their new employees that are all woke. That's what happened at Disney. That's what happened at Netflix. And guess what? Disney is now working on cleaning it up. Coca-Cola is trying to fix it. And uh, Netflix just put out a policy statement saying, we're in the business of entertainment. We're not, we're not policy uh, companies. And so you're watching it right now. The HR departments pray, Christian pray, for God to start to put the spotlight on the hiring departments because the devil is hiring radicals to destroy American corporations. So Lance, before we go, tell them how they can get to your website. If they want your books, how can they participate? Well, thank you very much, Andrew. Lance Walnau, W-A-L-L-N-A-U.com. You can go there and you can get, we have a prophecy right now that's uh, from 1967 on how the, uh, the, the communism was going to try to rise up in America, but God was going to answer it with an outpouring of fire. And so you can go to LanceWellnot.com and download uh, that prophecy. And Facebook, it's suppressing my numbers all the time, Andrew. It's very depressing, but I'm still there and we're broadcasting. <laughs> go to your podcast and hire and go download the Lance Wellnow Show. All right, we're, we're really short on time, but let me thank uh, CTN for carrying our broadcast on their network again. Let me thank all of you for joining us every Monday night. We do this and we have guests just like Lance every week that are really informative. And I believe it's a blessing to you. So we do this at 6 p.m. Mountain Time every Monday night. God bless you. We'll see you again next week. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net. 